Good morning, I'm Steve and um, I'm one of the leaders in Church Life and I really just want to welcome you here to church this morning, especially if you're new to church. Um, We're looking at a series called Hearing God and that is a really important subject. I think in that series the stakes are high because Sadly, in history, many things have been done, have been damaging by people who have said they've heard something from God. And, and even in church life, I've seen that a few times, that people have thought they've heard from God and that has affected their lives in a, in a damaging kind of way. But if that's you this morning, I, I, you know, I sympathize with that. But I, and, um, and that can be really hard, can't it? But... Um, I just don't want you to throw out the baby with the bathwater about hearing from God because misuse, the right answer to misuse is not disuse, it's to use it well, isn't it? And, you know, there are so many wonderful examples of how God has spoken to people and changed lives for good. Thinking of nursing Florence Nightingale, she felt she heard God's voice about what to do in life. Martin Luther King, in a very difficult moment, the civil rights activist, heard from God and was encouraged. They were both encouraged people to press on through difficult things and change their circumstances. So to hear from God is remarkable and really helpful to us. In my my own experience of hearing God has brought life to my faith. And has really encouraged me. I've begun to know God personally. And that has been an adventure. That has been exciting. And I just really would love that for everyone. You know, I'm not just following the book, the Bible. I'm not just following some philosophy or theology. Or, but actually, the living God. To know and experience and as we begin to hear his voice we can begin to know God personally so it's such a a vital and such an exciting thing to be thinking about I'm excited about this series Um, Sarah spoke well last week excellently about the main way that God speaks is through the Bible And today I'm going to be talking about hearing God through the Spirit by prophecy. And I suppose my main thing that I want you to go away with and to think about is that God is alive and is speaking. And we can all listen. We can all listen. I have three points. Pursue, practice and parameters. Our reading today is from the first letter to the Corinthians, which is in the Bible. 1 Corinthians 14. But first, some background. In chapter 12, Paul talks about a variety of spiritual gifts, but they're set in the context that it's for the whole of the church. And one of those, to build up the church, to encourage the church, and one of those is prophecy. That's chapter 12. Chapter 13, he talks about love and marriage. Well, actually, he's not talking about marriage. We think it's about marriage because it's in every wedding service. But actually, he's talking about how to do spiritual gifts. It has to be done in love. 
And then chapter 14, he talks about prophecy as a preference of speaking at is speaking in tongues he's not saying don't speak in tongues he's saying there's a preference to speak in prophecy now what do we think about prophecy well when we think about prophecy we often think about old testament prophets predicting things that are about to happen but most of the old testament is about god speaking his word into a situation prophecy is often more god's now word in a situation and it's in, in hearing God's voice, it's not hearing God's voice about ourselves, but it's more hearing God for somebody else. Tongues is a spiritual gift that enables people to speak in different languages that they've not learnt before. And often it's, it's not a human language, but an angelic language. So I want to read 1 Corinthians 14, verse starting from verse 1 but really the whole chapter is about church use of prophecy so let's read together follow the way of love he's looking back to that amazing chapter about 1 Corinthians 13 and love and says eagerly desire the gifts of the spirit especially prophecy for anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, one, indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves. But the one who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets so that the church may be edified. My point today is God is alive and speaking, and we can listen. We can, no, we can all listen. And I think there are a number of reasons why I believe God speaks in other ways from the Bible. Just two today. Firstly, the Bible strongly encourages that in this passage. Paul is saying, eagerly desire the gift of prophecy. And Acts chapter 2 on Pentecost said, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people, your sons and daughters will prophesy. Young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. So Sue's going to talk about dreams in a couple of weeks' time. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they will prophesy. Secondly, all down history... God has spoken to people outside of the Bible. Sometimes that's been considered heretical, but it has happened. And let me give you an up-to-date example. I love this. Pete Gregg, the founder of 24-7 um, Prayer Movement, in his book, Dirty Glory, speaks of his wife, Sammy, coming to faith in Jesus. Um, Sammy's, he says, Sammy's life, I had discovered, changed dramatically three years earlier at the age of 17, when her newly converted sister Andrea took her along to a Christian music festival. A man had preached, inviting people to come to the front. 
if they wanted to become followers of Jesus. Sammy wasn't used to the religious protocol and hadn't really been concentrating during the talk. And so when she saw people streaming forward, she assumed that they wanted autographs or further details <laughs> and innocently joined the happy throng. She was ushered enthusiastically into her side room and allocated a personal counsellor and handed her a fistful of literature, realising that she was now expected to pray some kind of prayer, committing herself to be as mad about religion as her sister. Sammy rushed out of the building, lit a cigarette and tried to gather her thoughts. But Andrea, her sister, came bouncing round the corner and screamed, Hallelujah! And pulled the cigarette out of her sister's lips. You won't be needing any of these anymore. Not now, you're a Christian. Sammy didn't have the heart to explain that the whole thing was an excruciating, toe-curling, embarrassing mistake. And so for several months, Sammy pretended to be a Christian quite successfully, lying dexterously about the church she was now supposed to be attending, but she never had. But then her sister Andrea announced that she would be coming to visit one Sunday and she couldn't wait to worship with her sister. So Sammy and her sister went to the church in a school hall. Sammy smiled a lot, pointed out things as if she was a regular member. She greeted perfect strangers like a long-lost relatives, leaving them blinking and moving on swiftly in case they asked her name. She pretended to know all the songs, joined in as best as she could, and because um, she was a singer. <clears throat> but eventually, a sweet little lady moved to the front and said, The Lord has shown me, she said, that there's someone here who's actually only pretending to be a Christian. <laughs> Sammy froze. If it's you, the lady continued, why don't you just come to the front now? Because I'd love to pray for you. Sammy thought, oh, what's this Christian thing about coming to the front? But anyway, bit of a, we don't necessarily need to do that. But anyway, nobody responded. But Sammy knew it was her. Anyway, the service continued. Sammy began to relax. But then that determined little lady returned to the microphone. God is really telling me this, she said. Somebody here, you have been saying that you're a Christian, but you don't know Jesus. Please, if that's you, come to the front. Clearly, this woman wasn't going to give up. So with a sigh of resignation, Sammy left her seat and dutifully walked to the front once again. Sammy explained how and why she'd been faking her faith for several months. The older woman listened and laughed. Then she explained very simply just how easy it is to become a Christian for real. So, let me see if I got this right, said Sammy eventually. You just face up to the fact that you've messed up your life and you apologise to God for everything. The lady nodded. In the months to come, Sammy's mother, her father, both her grandparents, her aunt, her uncle and cousins would all give their lives to Jesus. What a story. A very specific word from God given to Pete Gregg's wife, Sammy. Some of you would be saying, well, okay, God's spoken there, but he doesn't want to speak to me, does he? He speaks to leaders, he speaks to the gifted few, but not to me. 
And yet in Paul's passage, he was very clear. He said, I would like every one of you to speak in tongues and especially to prophesy. And also in Acts 2, as young and old men and women, everyone, all God was wanting to speak to. So my point today was God is alive and speaking and we can all listen. He is to be known relationally. So the passage, my first point, is about pursue or desire. The passage should eagerly desire spiritual gifts and prophecy, especially prophecy. Desire means zealous. You know, we, we know a few zealous football supporters here, don't we, that go to every match or can and their support is amazing. But there's a passion and a desire and a persistence after these things of God. And the, and the verb is very much not just a one-off occasion, but a continued passion and a desire to go for it. Learning to hear God has been a long journey for me. And I'm way below that kind of lift, gifting, prophetic gifting, the story in Sammy. But I have desired over a number of years to, to have a gift of prophecy and hearing God speak. And it has grown. It has grown. I, I, I became a Christian in a church that didn't believe the spiritual gifts were for today. In fact, very vehemently against that. But when I was at university, I read, read much wider and I changed my mind. So when I came to Bristol and I was looking for a church, I wanted a church that was open to the spiritual gifts. And so I settled in this church. My, I've had many failures in trying to hear from God. I remember one uh, meeting and um, I suddenly burst out, the Lord Almighty is saying, he is saying this, I think God is saying this. And oh, toe-curlingly embarrassing. Just a load of twaddle, really. And on another occasion, I remember trying to pray and hear and we had this holiday Bible club coming up and I was, I thought, well, I'll hear God. How many people are coming? And um, who's going to become a Christian? And of course, none of that happened at all. I don't have a strong prophetic gift. I really don't. But it has significantly de developed by three key things. And I think this is for everyone. Nobody cannot hear the voice of God. The first thing, so practice, this is my practice, my three things. The first thing is a place of quiet and to learn that. Electio 365 Bible app is helpful here. The problem is with our world, we're so full of noise. We're constantly listening to stuff. We're constantly listening to music. We're on our phone. We've lost the art to be still and just hear. And you might say, so we don't hear God's voice. And you might say, well, why doesn't God speak louder? <laughs> but, and make it clearer. But, but the thing is, he is after intimacy, that we spend time with him and learn to hear his voice. He is after relationship. And in any case, if he spoke loudly, you know, 
I'd be up here proudly saying, God has said this, wouldn't I? Instead of humbly saying stuff, hopefully. God is after relationship. So, how to practice and grow in hearing God, I want to share a story of mine. It's quite dramatic, I know that. And you need to know that most of my prophetic words are just encouraging to people and sometimes they're just out of my imagination even today. Right? But this, this was my story uh, a year or two ago. Some time ago I was visiting some friends and I stopped to pray and I thought, God, is there something you have for these people? And is there an encouraging word? Immediately, a red admiral butterfly came to my mind. And okay, you have a picture and you say, well, what do I do with that picture? That's, that, if you like, is a revelation. But how do you interpret it? What does it mean? What did a red admiral butterfly mean? So I said something like this to my friend. I said, um, what I think God is saying is that he sees you as a beautiful butterfly. Showing the many colours of grace, however you feel or whatever you do, God sees you as a butterfly. There will be times when you, when you might look like a butter, butterfly but feel like a chrysalis in a place of dark. But I think God is saying that you're a red admiral. And the interpretation that I gave was that that person would have influence and bring healing through the current situation that they were going for. Now you're thinking, how did you get that interpretation? Admiral, leader of fleet, influence. Red often is about redemption and the blood of Christ and so a sense of healing. So later I realised that the timing of giving this word was poor and I felt awful. I felt I had failed. I failed to emphasise with the emotional state that that person was in. And I, I really, you know, that was quite a moment for me. But sometime after our weekend away, the Lectio 365 suggested praying for someone in low mood. And so I prayed for this friend, and then the Lectio went on and suggested, but how could you encourage them? And I said, no to God, I'm not going to do that. That was so difficult and so disastrous, there's no way I'm going to do this. Well, I often go for a prayer walk in the morning, or walking around a local sports field. I found myself thinking about what I'd wish I had said to this person, and the way that I'd done it, and the timing that I had talked so I began to wonder whether I should write to my friend at some point. And I was talking to God about that. And as I was going along, I said, well, maybe God, I should do this. And I almost trod on a red butterfly. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I thought, oh, no, I'm going to have to do this, aren't I? <laughs> and, and so um, I said to God, I said, I really need a confirmation of this. I can't do this. <laughs> and... Um, so I walked the next hundred metres to my house praying and would you believe it, there settled right on my front door was the same red orange butterfly and I couldn't believe it. God was speaking to me. So in, over the course of time I spoke to my friend, I wrote to my friend with, with the things that I wanted to say, being very careful of the timing for that person 
you know, I'd like to say it totally changed the situation. They were healed and it was great and all went, but actually no. But did it change the possession of the person? Not Probably not. But when I think of the situation, I choose to pray for them, that they will come into that word that I know God was saying. It was certainly a wow moment for me personally to know that God is alive and he speaks even to me. And he can speak to you. So revelation can come in a number of ways. You can hear a word like I actually think I sort of heard an impression of a butterfly. It wasn't a picture. It could have been a picture. Sometimes I find names are very powerful. Um, But how did I know it was God? Uh, Some clues. Um, First thing, it was the first thing that came to me when I asked God, was there something you wanted to share? with this person secondly often I find that it's not actually part of my conscious thinking it's something that I haven't been thinking about for a long time and suddenly out of the blue this thing comes and then sometimes it's something that actually I don't want to hear or I wasn't expecting and that suggests that it wasn't in my thinking but it was God saying something and generally it's in a quiet voice rather than a harsh commanding go and do that or something so the revelation comes right and then you have to interpret which is a bit more tricky and um but we need to pray and we need to know our bibles hence sarah's talk last week so that is the some of the practice and in prayer but also we do need to take that step of risk and step out that for me has been a real growth point in this is to actually I at some point I had to step out and share that picture that God had given me and it's only then you really know whether it's God or not and you begin to know what is his voice and what isn't his voice good place to start is a is a safe place like a small group or some friends that you know Um, but even if you fail I think or it doesn't land I think God honors your heart and he honours that risk. He honours that stepping out in our failures. And that he, he begins, he sees that's important to us, that we keep going. And it grows and we begin to hear from him. So, place of quiet, risk, community. Community, this has been transformational for me. You need to get feedback. If you give a word, to get feedback is really, really helpful because then you can know whether it was God or not and how it came and what it mean and so on. So I've been keeping a journal quite, quite, you know, three or four years about the prophetic words I give and what people's response is and so on, okay? But also doing it in community with people who are also running after God and trying to hear and people who are that much further than you can greatly encourage you in the prophetic. So community is critical if we are going to grow in our prophetic gifting. So I've talked about pursuing or desire. I've talked about that practice that can be so transformational, but we need to remember the parameters or the context must be love in everything that we're doing it was in the bible there 1 corinthians 13 is sandwiched in between the 12 and 14 about the prophetic and uh, pete gregg in his book hearing god and others have talked about the abc of sharing prophetic words 
A, being encouraging, or, sorry, being affirming. A, being affirming or encouraging. In our passage, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging and comfort. It shouldn't be a critical or a, a critical word. And then be biblical. Not that it's just in the Bible, but that it sits with good, good biblical interpretation and see Christ. Does it line up with Jesus, his character and his words? So we need the ABCs, but we also need the parameter of humility. For nobody has, everyone has a limited gift. 1 Corinthians 13 tells us that really at the end of it. So don't say, this is from God. Thus saith the Lord. You can say, I think I get this impression, or I think this might be from God. And then don't get into specifics. Don't speak to predict births, marriages, timings. Not in Ebby context. Please don't do that. That is really for people who have a recognised, strong, prophetic gift. And they get it wrong too, is the reality, in big time. So we have to be so careful. But also those who receive the word need to test it. Need to test it according to the Bible. Does it match with Jesus? Just because someone gives you something that they say might be a prophetic word, even if it's from a respected leader, please, please, please test what is being we all stand before God we, we don't take it just because it's from a leader in, and in this, this passage in 1 Corinthians 14 in verse 29 it says two or three prophets could speak and others should weigh carefully what is said or in 1 Thessalonians 5 it says don't treat don't quench the spirit do not treat prophecies with contempt but test them all Hold on to what is good. Reject every kind of evil. So how does this apply to you and I today? What is your takeaway from today? Well, my hope is that I've begun to kindle a desire in your heart for more of God and more to hear his voice. Because that can be done for each and every one of you. And if you're feeling... Oh, well, it didn't do anything for me, and I don't really feel that. Well, that's okay. Don't put shame on yourself for where you are. Just say to God, I just help me to have a greater hunger for that. Okay? But decide also to begin to practice and to step out in trying to hear God. Why should we listen? Because I think if we begin to listen, we realise that our faith is living, God is living, and we can come to know him. God is alive and speaking, and we can all listen to him. Now we're going to pray, and we're going to respond in worship in a moment. Um, uh, when we, when we respond in worship, I would love it if you feel that God is speaking in some shape or way, or even that he's possibly speaking, please, uh, I'd love it if a number of folk would share something and do come down to, 
talk to Derek about that. That would be wonderful. Um, So let's pray. Lord, I thank you. It's astonishing that you want to speak to us. You're so big, so powerful. And yet, like a father, good father, you speak to your children and give the Holy Spirit to those that ask. How much more will the Father give the Spirit to those that ask? So, Lord, we're asking you this morning. We're seeking you. And we're seeking more of your spiritual gifts. Would you come upon us today? And where people are struggling and dying inside, and the life in the heart just feels, ugh. Would you touch their hearts with your love? Would they know that you see them as a beautiful butterfly rather than a chrysalis, not moving anywhere, feeling that they're in a dark place? May they see as you see. Amen.